You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, guys? I'm Faraz Siddiqui from Upper Hand Fantasy. We're going to go over the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks now that the NFL draft is over. Coming in at number one, Josh Allen. It's simple. 37 and 36 passing touchdowns over the last two seasons. He had at least eight rushing touchdowns in three of his last four years. And he's averaged more than 100 rushing attempts over the last three seasons. He had the second most rushing attempts inside the five-yard line over the past two years. Last year, he had eight. The year before that, he had 11. And among all quarterbacks, he was second in rushing attempts in the red zone last year. He also brings it from a volume perspective as well. He had the fourth most dropbacks last season. That's only second to guys like Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. And why is that so special for Josh Allen? More opportunities to scramble. He handled 18% of the team's total design rushing attempts. That was top three in the league. You can probably guess who the other ones are, but we'll get there. But when it comes to the fantasy quarterback, Josh Allen is simply the complete package. Now coming in at number two, and this might surprise you, Lamar Jackson. People can talk all they want about Lamar Jackson and how he's really a running back and not a quarterback and he can't throw the ball, but listen, for fantasy, he has some of the most upside you're ever gonna see at the position. Now his passing numbers did come down significantly last season. He only threw 16 touchdowns. He would've had 20 if Hollywood didn't drop like four of them. Now he did miss some games and he was on pace to throw more yards than he's ever thrown before. And make no mistake, when it comes to Lamar, it's definitely all about the rushing. Considering how up and down his season was last year, and last year was pretty much a down year, he was still 7th in fantasy points per game. So that right there tells you how important that rushing factor plays in for fantasy. He had two straight seasons of 1,000 yards rushing. He would have hit it last year too if he didn't miss five games. But last year he averaged about 64 rushing yards per game, which is absolutely amazing. Lamar Allen was right behind... Who? Lamar Allen. Who the fuck is that guy? Lamar Jackson was right behind Josh Allen in terms of carries inside the five with seven. Josh Allen had eight. Lamar Jackson would have probably hit 10 if he didn't miss those five games. And when you consider his rushing touchdown numbers, that went down considerably as well, considering the fact that he had seven touchdowns, seven touchdowns, five touchdowns, and then this year he only had two rushing touchdowns. So that's bound to go back up. And I know he lost Hollywood this year. That isn't good. That was his boy. But I think Lamar is in for a more efficient season this year. I don't think everything is going to be on his shoulders. With J.K. Dobbins back, hopefully Gus Edwards back. They also signed Mike Davis. I think they can lean on the ground game more. And yes, that includes Lamar Jackson. But in terms of the passing game, I think Lamar can be more efficient this year. Similar to what we saw a couple years ago. And when it comes to his usage and his design in the run game, 
it's the best in the league. And Greg Roman designed 19% of the total rushing attempts for Lamar Jackson, which was the highest in the league. Not only that, him dropping back, 11% scramble rate, also the highest in the league. So you're talking about a pretty safe quarterback here when it comes to fantasy and someone who has probably the highest ceiling of anyone in the league. I do think Rashad Bateman steps up. He still has Mark Andrews likely as his number one. And I still expect a high-end fantasy season from Lamar Jackson despite losing one of his best weapons. His rushing production is that good and it matters that much. Okay, coming in at number three, and this one might surprise you as well, Jalen Hurts. Remember, we're talking fantasy here. And if I knew for a fact that Nick Sirianni was going to be more pass-heavy this year, I might do it. And I do think that they're going to become more pass-heavy this year, right? They just traded for A.J. Brown. They have Devontae Smith. They have Dallas Goddard. They don't really have, like, these running backs who you're like, you have to get them the ball in the run game. So, to me, it seems like Jalen Hurts is going to be dropping back a little bit more than he was last year. And we did see that early on in the year. They were extremely pass-heavy. From weeks 1 through 7, Jalen Hurts was actually 5th in the NFL in dropbacks. And during that span, he was the QB3 in fantasy on a per-game basis. And then the Eagles made this drastic switch. From week 8 on, he was 23rd in dropbacks. They just went super run-heavy. And if I had to project for next year, I think they're going to be closer to what they did at the beginning of last season, given the fact that they have this amazing new weapon in A.J. Brown. So why is Jalen Hurts so valuable for fantasy? His 52 rushing yards per game? That's why. And if they become more balanced, more towards the passing game, more dropbacks, his upside increases with it. He would have more scrambling attempts than he would have if they just hand the ball off all game. And on top of the scrambles, he was responsible for 19% of the team's designed rushing attempts, which is amazing and right there at the top of the league with Lamar Jackson, and I expect that to continue next season. And then when you get into the red zone, it gets even better. He controlled 33% of the team's rushing attempts inside the five-yard line. That obviously led to him getting the most goal line carries of any quarterback last season. He had the most rushing attempts in the red zone last year, which resulted in the most rushing touchdowns as well. And even though the team made that switch to becoming a lot more run-heavy, probably one of the most run-heavy teams in the league, Jalen Hurts still finished as the QB6 in fantasy points per game last year. So yeah, I do think this is going to be a huge year for Jalen Hurts when it comes to fantasy, even if you think that he's not the best passer in the NFL. Okay, coming at number four, our first non-rushing quarterback, Justin Herbert. 31 touchdown passes his rookie year, 38 touchdown passes last year. The dude is on an upward trajectory, and he has his weapons, Mike Allen, Oh, Lord. Again. My cow. Hey, look, if you're going to like somebody, at least get it right. Get it right. And he has weapons. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. He has a new tight end in Gerald Everett. He's not a rushing quarterback, but he's a little sneaky in that regard, especially in the red zone. He was fourth among quarterbacks in red zone rushing attempts, and it actually led to three touchdowns. But unlike the top three that I mentioned, he's not going to get those designed rushing attempts. He's not going to be scrambling a ton. He's only scrambling at about a 5% rate, which isn't that high. But in the passing game, he's been a killer. 5,000 passing yards this season, only second to Tom Brady. He was also second to Tom Brady in pass attempts, second to Tom Brady in dropbacks. So we're looking at a pass-heavy attack here. Herbert's only getting better. This is bound to be a great offense. This is bound to be a pass-heavy offense. So Justin Herbert is bound to be a top-five fantasy quarterback this year, even without the rushing ability. All right, coming in at number five is Kyler Murray. He has a ton of upside. You got to consider him a dual threat quarterback as well. He did have that 800 yard rushing season in 2020. He wasn't as efficient in 2021, different type of year. And for whatever reason, this past season, he wasn't tucking and running, especially early in the year. 
He averaged only 18 rushing yards per game before his injury. But when he came back from his injury, he was averaging 46 rushing yards per game. Big difference. So what should we expect? Well, one factor could be that he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins from weeks 15 through 18, so he depended on his legs more. And I wish I could put him in the bucket with Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, but he's not as willing to tuck the ball and run like these other guys. The upside is there, like we saw in 2020 with the, that 800-yard rushing year, but we just can't bank on it. I think what we can bank on, though, is a 4,000-yard passing season. He almost hit it in 2020, and I think he would have hit it in 2021 if he didn't miss those games. So I really think that he could hit 4,000 yards passing, 600 yards rushing to be conservative. So that's a pretty solid fantasy season right there. Now, he will be missing Hop for six games. He did gain Hollywood, so I think overall he has an increase in value when all these guys are on the field healthy. I just think that it's hard to not put Kyler in the top five. I think his upside has increased. All right, coming in at number six is Patrick Mahomes. And you must be wondering, what? How do you not have Patrick Mahomes in your top five? Well, he did lose Tyreek Hill. And it wasn't easy putting him outside the top five, but he also can't be in the bucket with these other guys who have that rushing ability and who have that willingness to run the ball. And don't get me wrong, Mahomes is going to be great for fantasy. Being the QB6 is not a death blow by any means. But I'm not sure that he's going to be hitting that 40 touchdown threshold that I have for quarterbacks who aren't rushers without Tyreek Hill. And he actually hasn't hit 40 touchdowns over the past three seasons with Tyreek Hill. That 50 touchdown season was all the way back in 2018. Now, Patrick Mahomes had five top five finishes last season. And in four of those games, Tyreek Hill went absolutely bonkers. Week one, 11 catches, 197 yards, and a touchdown. Week four, 11 catches, 183 yards, three touchdowns. Week 10, seven catches, 83 yards, two touchdowns. Week 15, 12 catches, 148 yards, touchdown. And that last game, Tyreek Hill was taken out of the game. <laughs> but I would assume that Patrick Mahomes was able to do his thing because there was so much defensive attention on Tyreek Hill. He's going to have to overcome that loss, and I'm not sure that he's going to be finishing in the top five as often as we'd like, and part of the reason why we like Patrick Mahomes is because he gives us those boom games. I don't think I'll be aiming for Patrick Mahomes at his ADP, and I suggest you don't either. He's still being drafted as the QB2 overall on underdog. And by the way, if you're not an underdog and you haven't been playing best ball this offseason, you've been missing out. Their platform makes it super easy to draft, and it's my favorite way to spend time during the offseason when it comes to fantasy football. And it allows me to just focus on my favorite part of fantasy, and that's drafting. There is no in-season management, no setting lineups, no waiver wires, no trades. Just draft, and you're done. Your starting lineup gets set automatically every single week with your best performers for that week. And their current big tournament is Best Ball Mania 3 with a total prize pool of $10 million. This is easily their biggest tournament ever. $2 million goes to the winner of the tournament. $1 million goes to the person who gets the most points during the regular season. If you use the code UPPERHAND when you make your first deposit on Underdog, they will double your deposit up to $100. And if you use that promo code, I will send you a free Upper Hand Fantasy Rookie Draft Kit. It comes complete with everything you need to know about these rookies coming in from their prospect profiles to their landing spots. It's a win-win. I would suggest joining Underdog today. All right, let's get back to these rankings. Coming in at number seven is Matthew Stafford. Stafford had a 40 touchdown season in his first year with Sean McVay. Obviously, he has Cooper Cup. He lost Robert Woods mid-season. But after that point, all the way up to the Super Bowl, he threw multiple touchdowns in 10 of 12 games. And now he gets Allen Robinson to pair with Cooper Cup. And I think that's a big upgrade over Robert Woods. 
and I think he's easily going to hit another 40 touchdown season. Matthew Stafford was actually the most consistent fantasy quarterback last season. He only had one finish outside the top 20. Only one other quarterback could say that, and that was Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, Packers fans, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, he's not in the top 10. Among all quarterbacks with at least 500 dropbacks last season, Matthew Stafford was second in yards per attempt and fifth in depth of target. He also had the third highest number of 300-yard games last season. He was second in most end zone throws and end zone touchdowns, and he was tied for seventh with the most fantasy points per dropback. As long as everyone stays healthy, he's a pretty safe top seven or top eight option. All right, coming in at number eight is Deshaun Watson. Simply put, Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. His playing hiatus might come to an end soon, but that might not be before a suspension. There's no word on how long that's going to be, whether he'll even have a suspension. I think there's a lot in the air right now. But from a fantasy perspective, it's hard to see him as low as eight, especially when you consider the fact that at the end of the year, he's probably going to be top five or six from a fantasy points per game perspective. Matter of fact, over his last three full years, he did finish top five in fantasy points. And he didn't even have DeAndre Hopkins for that last year in 2020, and he still threw almost 5,000 yards. Now, I do have concerns that Kevin Stefanski wants to keep this offense as balanced as possible. He was extremely rush heavy, but that was with Baker Mayfield. Obviously, with Deshaun Watson coming in, this is going to be at least a more balanced attack. At least that's the hope. And Watson's offense in Houston wasn't necessarily pass heavy either. And he was able to overcome that and still finish top five. So I'm not overly concerned about this. Watson has a very good offensive line in Cleveland. He has a solid number one in Amari Cooper. They just drafted David Bell on day two, who was an extremely big producer at Purdue. They just franchised David Njoku. And they have a field stretcher in Donovan Peoples-Jones. And you never know. Will Fuller might end up joining them at some point. Now, I wouldn't consider Deshaun Watson a rushing quarterback, but he does bring a little bit of that to his game. He averaged about 30 rushing yards per game over his last three seasons, which is almost an extra touchdown thrown if you play in four-point passing touchdown leagues. Now, Watson has top five upside, but that looming suspension is going to make it very tough for people like me to draft him and keep him on my bench for potentially eight weeks. So in one quarterback leagues, I probably won't be drafting him because of that, especially when you're talking about 10 or 12 team leagues. So he might be a waiver wire candidate. You might have a team draft him before week one. They need a roster spot. They drop him week four. It's possible. But once Watson takes the field, he's probably going to be a must start. Coming in at number nine is original gangster. <laughs> Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Tom Brady. In Tom Brady's first year with the Bucks, he was second in pass attempts among all quarterbacks in the league. This past year, he was number one in pass attempts among all quarterbacks. That alone should be enough for us to put him in the top 10. And even though he has zero rushing chops, He can easily finish top five once again. Last year, he was the overall QB3 in fantasy points per game. Now, there was a head coaching change from the aggressive, offensive-minded Bruce Arians to the defensive-minded Todd Bowles. So there can be a little bit of an overall philosophy change from pass the ball a ton and play good defense to play good defense and have a more balanced offense. But in terms of the offense itself, Byron Leftwich is still the offensive coordinator as he was over the past couple of seasons with Bruce Arians. So I don't expect the offense to change, but it's possible that we see Brady's attempts go down just a little bit. He has Mike Evans as his clear number one this year. Now, Chris Godwin, I wouldn't expect him to make a huge impact, especially early on in the year, given the fact that he is coming off that ACL injury. 
But lately, Brady hasn't had that problem of finding those secondary guys to still keep his stats at a high level. Now, I do think that Russell Gage was a very underrated addition for that team. He improved a ton last year. He was a slot receiver, but last year he proved that he could separate on the outside against man coverage when Calvin Ridley went down. And personally, that's not something I thought he had in him. So I'm looking at Russell Gage as a potential sleeper this year, him paired with Tom Brady on a potentially pass-happy offense. But back to Brady, hopefully he'll have Gronk. And if he does come back, I might put Tom Brady up a spot or two because we know how much of a connection these two have in the red zone. The last guy to make this list, number 10, is Dak Prescott. Yes, Dak Prescott lost to Mario Cooper, but I still think this offense is going to sling it. He still has CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz as his main targets. I wouldn't count on Michael Gallup early on this season because of that ACL injury similar to Chris Gowan. So Dak Prescott's going to have guys like James Washington and don't sleep on Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Tolbert can be on the field for the first snap of this season. But last year, Dak Prescott threw for 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns. And he did take a step back from running the ball. And that might be because of the leg injury that he suffered in 2020. So I'm not really accounting a huge rushing year for him. But what I would welcome is how he was used near the goal line earlier in his career. He had six rushing touchdowns in each of his first three seasons of his career. And then over the last three years, he only combined for seven. The upside for something like that is there. But I'm not really putting him in any other bucket outside of mobile pocket passer. But last year, Dallas was fifth in the NFL in most pass attempts per game, and they were also second in most offensive plays per game. That type of volume should easily keep Dak in the top 10, and he has upside to be in the top six or top seven. Okay, guys, that's my top 10. If you want to know who I got between 11 and 30-ish, go over to my Instagram page, Upper Hand Fantasy. I'll link that in the description below. Thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate you guys. If you haven't liked the video already, please do so. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, that would be amazing as well. Thank you guys. See you later.